0: Welcome to part two of soul orchestration on the holy and human podcast on the podcast before this we just were meandering and exploring soul orchestration in our lives and how through autobiographies and sometimes the stories of other people's lives it's really easy to see soul orchestration and to pinpoint those moments that were difficult and challenging but so purposeful well while for us in our own lives when we're living it it's so hard sometimes to see the grander story of our lives and perhaps the unfolding of who we're meant to be in the individuation process. So if you want to know more about that go listen to part 1, but we split this up into two parts because we want to just use more examples, dive deeper into this and Alisa has some stories of somebody who she is kind of obsessed with. I it's, would it's almost a, say it's like a one one year. You're a stalker.
1: <laughs> it's an annual obsession. Do you think it happens once a year? Maybe it's once every two years, but once every maybe it's probably yearly.
0: All I know is we have about a hundred Jackie. <laughs> no, Kennedy we don't books. have a hundred.
1: We probably have twenty bucks on the Kennedys.
0: I would say with circulation of <laughs> ones we've gotten rid of and donated, probably maybe yep, we've gone through. We've 100.
1: got Carolyn Bassett, John John. I mean, so it's not just Jackie. Okay, sorry. Oh, it's actually like her, Lee Radswell, and then we have like her mother. So the whole Kennedy mother. family. I mean, yeah. I know a lot. I have okay. a lot okay. of trivia about So the 20 Kennedy's books on Jackie family.
0: Kennedy, 100 books <laughs> about Kennedys in general.
1: Yeah. And if you ask me why I'm interested in this family, I mean, I don't really know. I just think every once in a while, once a year, I get to a place of I don't want to read anything unless it's about the Kennedys. <laughs> I do this with French books too, like Francophile things where I'm like, this is the time where I just dream that I knew French, lived in yeah. Paris, and just raised my children eating things that weren't chicken nuggets. This is this is the time of year.
0: That's my least favorite time. <laughs> Cause then you compare our, I'm like, why our why lifestyle am I not <laughs> To, like, really trendy French children. And
1: I'm like, and why am I not wearing red lipstick every day? And, like, I, I don't mean, know. mean,
0: that's a good question. I should
1: be doing that immediately. Yeah. Jackie... I don't know if Jackie would wear red, though. Look at the subdued color I she mean, wear. I mean,
0: talking about soul orchestration. I mean, it's just funny that things are naturally pulled to, and you have... You can't explain it. It's yeah. an impulse for Kennedy-ness.
1: <laughs> I think... Oh, uh, I mean the Camelot moment was a moment I was actually just talking to a friend of ours on a walk this morning about this because I was telling her all about Jackie because I just read this book for the second time called What Jackie Taught Us by Tina Santee Flattery Lessons from the Remarkable uh, Life of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis and it's a bunch of people writing essays about her life and about like some of them knew her some of them didn't but it's just like, here's some information about our life. And then each chapter ends with like, what Jackie taught us on this topic. And it's like motherhood or um, independence or whatever. I don't even I don't know if I'm going to start talking just, about just
0: this. Start. Just start. Just start. I know you're overwhelmed. One, I have, just talking about as Kennedy's. you know,
1: my memory is not great.
0: Do they know that?
1: They will. As soon as they hear me trying to recall why i felt powerful about this but there was um yeah what i ended up telling to my friend on the walk this morning was i think people know jackie just on the surface especially nowadays not people who are older who are more there for it but our generation of like oh she's stylish and she was the wife of jfk and he was murdered and she was strong and proud, with her blood-soaked clothes and the pillbox hat, and um, going through all that, crea- you know organizing the funeral where John John saluted at the coffin.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much my understanding. Yeah, is there things. anything else
1: you know about Jackie Kennedy?
0: No, except for that they both, her and JFK, were these icons, you know, of big for what's like your... personality and style and yeah that's what I was gonna say that's what's, it. what's your understanding that's of all why, I know. why do
1: you think they resonate with a lot of people or what do you think well about? I think
0: they had this old world money vibe that was classy and sexy and uh and composed in a certain way that you know it was like you wanted to be like them too so. the
1: other thing I was saying today is Why can't we have this again? It's like lightning struck once. I feel like what we need in politics is people with class. I actually based all of my
0: outfits off of Joe Biden. (laughs) And I really... Emulate his I just fashion feel like style.
1: Many people probably can relate to this of like I can't go through 2024 with like the yeah. political. I'm
0: getting anxious because I feel like we're it. not getting to the point. You have your <laughs> finger in this book. You want to tell us about Soral illustration? Can tell you about. Trump and we're talking about I don't know
1: 2024. Um, which P.S. Pluto I believe is going to Aquarius, which has this is making me more anxious. The French Revolution. We are not
0: on topic.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay
0: soul orchestration
1: hey i just want to wander man
0: i thought you were a j and i I I was the p
1: okay well i feel like there's so much (laughs) to say about this oh my god um so what people don't know about jackie is she spoke i'm just gonna tell you a little about the real jackie because before i tell you kind of the some of the soul orchestration stuff but in the last episode we talked about um a state flamingo estate in his podcast that we mentioned talking about i feel like i've been training my whole life for this which i think is a quality of when you're living your truth your, your true myth and then coming into your destiny in a certain way and you think about the moment of camelot and what that was for america and the the things that they did separately and together it was a real lightning strike moment of so what people don't know about Jackie is that she was like I think like genius level like she was incredibly intelligent she was of the age where you didn't want to be smarter than your husband to intimidate men you wanted to be like kind of dumber than everyone and so she would actually hide a lot of her intelligence for a long time until she kind of started getting older in her 20s and 30s where she was like wait this is like this is a very true part of me and then kind of really doing things that were not normal at the time for women she um was later than most of the people in her class in place to kind of avoid marriage she didn't marry for just wealth earlier when she mm-hmm. had an opportunity to do that and convenience her mom was really training her her whole life, like Mrs. Porter School, Miss Porter School of Finishing and stuff to kind of get her on that track of, I want my daughters to like marry well and be set. And, um, And that was like the track. But then Jackie like went to college when it wasn't very common for women to go to college, let alone then going to the Sorbonne in France, where she like learned, she did intensive French courses to like, just learned in French at the Sorbonne. And then she came back, switched to George Washington, finished at a school where there wasn't many women, barely at all at the time in that college. And, um, and it, then people are like getting nervous, like you're getting older, why aren't you married yet? And even though she had literally done the whole um, coming of age ball of like, you know, this is the most sought after debutante of the year she actually won an award like when she was i don't know 18 or something around that but she was really kind of her her senior high school quote says like i don't want to just be a housewife like i don't want to just So she was really seeking adventure and doing something like different
0: sounds to me like it was really important she felt like she knew herself and established herself before Mm -hmm. marriage and outside of marriage
1: she had an interesting upbringing strict mom who was very like Exacting and kind of controlling about, mm-hmm. you know, manners and appearing a certain way. And then her dad, who was this like debonair, charismatic, probably narcissist, who was like good looking blackjack and and Jack Beauvert. And he was ma- made up myths about the family we came from was aristocracy in France, which turned out to be like totally like lies. He actually even printed a book that was like, This is our French family tree, and it was just they were like lower class or something French, and she was an eighth French, so she wasn't even like that French, but she really attached to the beauty and mythology that came through her dad. So it's
0: kind of like when you get obsessed with French, and we think we're French a little bit, (laughs) or pretend we're French. Yeah, basically. Okay,
1: Um, but I have I don't think any French in me, so she's you know more yeah whatever. The birthright of that, but, um, she, but she did kind of, she was great at languages. She became fluent in French, Spanish, and Italian, which is crazy because I don't know how anyone can do that. And then, cause I'm terrible with languages. And then she came back, she got this kind of like internship at Vogue and she was there one day and she was like, this isn't for me. And she like quit because she was like, okay, I want it more adventure and not just to be around fashion in this way. She ended up getting a job at Washington Times Herald, which at the time was outselling Washington Post and Evening Star. And she got a job that was called the Inquiring Photographer. So her job, so she was got into photography. She had a camp camera and she would ask people these questions on the street and write up about their answers, but what was so crazy is when they look back at like the questions she came up with to ask people on the street. So this is like, she's like, I don't know, 20? Hasn't met Jack yet, um, or just barely meeting him. They're not like engaged or anything, but do you think a wife should let her husband think he's smarter than she is? This is one of the questions. She also read Chaucer from a young age. She was like very into poetry and direct like Russian literature. Like she wasn't reading cliff notes. She was like really well read. She would read six to eight books a week, her whole life. And then usually one book a day. And she was really well studied in, um, architecture, antiques. Hmm. Like she knew. And then later she did a whole bunch of restoration and like saving historic places like the, um, what's the, the grand station in New York. Hmm. And, um, a bunch of other things but she yeah. was well she restored the white house and it when it was like kind of dingy and run down and then she was like while she was, while she yeah. was in, i, I remember office. hearing that and then she did a tour said, yeah. like for you can watch uh, part of that on youtube but mm-hmm. where she wanted to go find originals like george washington's sword and jefferson's yeah. inkwell to make it like an inspirational place for mm-hmm. people to come and be inspired so she really had that not just class, but that visionary thing of like, I don't know what you'd call it, like what's important in history Mm -hmm. and, and really kind of like shining a light on it to inspire people and making choices that weren't just about money, but about, um, legacy. Yeah. Legacy is a good word. And, and I love that she after she had all the money in the world after she divorced Aristotle Onassis and she ended up working in her later years in a publishing house that she didn't make really any money just because she so believed in books and like bringing beautiful books to life and so it's strange
0: because it does feel like there's this focus on like like Mm -hmm. your your push on history like I remember this great quote from Obama when he was uh, in office that was basically like uh like history i'm gonna butcher this quote but he's like history is like a giant ship and basically it doesn't you can't turn the whole ship in one moment you just nudge it Mm. in the right like to in the right course like Mm -hmm. in the right direction and i and i think he's you know I was we'll saying that in reference to the progress we made, but also the lack of progress. You know, we
1: made. that's interesting because I just told our older son, who's in ninth grade, when I was in high school, I read this book. If you haven't read this book, read this book or get it if you know, especially kid in high school or college. It's called The People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. And it's um, the story of America told from the oppressed instead of the oppressors. And usually history is written from the victor's perspective. Mm-hmm. And this is more of like, women's rights, Native American experience. And it's such a good book, but that is his, you know, there's so much to be depressed about all the time with everything, with history and what's happening politically. But I think... Let's just end there.
0: (laughs) So, great podcast, guys. Good luck. A lot to be depressed about. Okay,
1: But he ends the book with what you're saying which is like there's an arc and it's a slow arc, and the arc goes forward and regresses but he's said you know even in i wonder what he'd say these days but you know 10 years ago his interviews were still i'm still hopeful i'm still feeling like if you think about how much progress we've made around i'm hopeful whatever you Mm know you could look at anything women's rights racism there's still lots of ways to go with all of that but it's also like Think about 50 years, what's happened.
0: It's hard because we have to be sort of infuriated with a lack of progress for mm-hmm. there to be progress. You know, we have to, we can't just not be infuriated with it. But then also, I I actually am inherently an optimist in humanity, and I've always been that way. But soul orchestration with Jackie, where so is then, the soul? Um,
1: Chaucer said that most women desire... Is power over men. What most women desire is power over men. What do you think women desire most? That's one of her questions. One of her questions. But then, here's the kind of psychic prediction questions she asked. Which first lady would you most like to have been?
0: What? Okay. Okay. And
1: then, what prominent person's death affected
0: you most? Holy cow. That gave me shivers. I did
1: too. I just got chills. Isn't that insane?
0: That is insane.
1: <laughs> wow. And then when you look at who they are and what happened, she talks about how Jack, there's so many synchronicities in this book about talking about her life, but, um, so Jack, you know, I think he was like a faulty person in many ways. He was, you know, a womanizer. There's definitely stories about him treating some women pretty horribly mentally. Um, manipulative and I think he had like major mother issues but I do think there was a pure part of him around what he wanted to do for America and I think the Kennedys they talked about growing up at the table they'd always be like political debates and like why do you think that and what is your point like from a young age the kids they're Mm -hmm. like invited them to like speak about they'd like read an article from the paper and they'd have the kids all chime in and then almost like argue their points and kind of so I think that kind of i don't know what you would call that um prompting and
0: well i think everything everything you're saying right is i think we all know stories like this where like oh all the little little hints and and things here and there but those questions from jackie are so um foreshadowing mm-hmm. and like a premonition that it it's almost eerie and I think it's it's beautiful and great that you shared that because I just think the there are also those moments, those yeah. things that you think are just totally like, impulsive and weird, but then end up being so. S- such big signs of who you're meant to be and what's coming down the pike. Do you have? Well, this is
1: I didn't finish that part of the story oh, okay. yet. So so. Jack, growing up, was really into the Knights of the Round Table and this idea of, like, Camelot. And that there's, like, something worth fighting for that's about nobility.
0: I was obsessed with Arthur as as a kid.
1: And something beyond just kind of the temporal world. But just, Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's something romantic about Mm -hmm. that. So Jackie, after his death, people were running at writing books about, like, immediately after his death, to, like, get a book out. So she was really... She was a genius. She was very competitive about the right things. Like she didn't care about a lot of things. But when she cared about something like restoring Grand Central or something, it was like no one could get her way. She would be persuasive and she would they talked about at one point America and Russia, you know, where like this incredible tension, but that she just came in like buoyant and she could do this lighthouse stare where she'd like basically melt men, basically. <laughs> And then it was like the head of Russia, the president of Russia was just like laughing and like eating out of her hand in 20 minutes. And then she even like ribbed him at one point, like said something like a little bit of a kind of a neg and everyone froze. You
0: communist. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone froze and
1: then he like belly left and she like won him over forever. So it's like she literally was politically useful so many times because she was so genius about using her intellect in a ways that, mm-hmm. but also because she had that like intellect, but then the finishing school, like social rules and norms from her mother and, but her dad's charisma, she was built to be this powerhouse, like symbol holder, I feel like for bent for Camelot so Jack grew up being obsessed with Camelot they're running for the book she was worried they're going to write about like bad things about him or this or that but she knew after he died Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she wanted to shape the legacy in terms of like what the story was going to be told so a couple writers declined but then she went with Theodore H. White was a best-selling author who wrote a Life magazine essay which he portrayed the Kennedy administration as the days of Camelot. Um, this is White knew that Jackie's description of a heroic John Kennedy's, admiring the words of a Broadway show tune, don't let it be forgot that once there was a spot for one brief shining moment, there was Camelot. And I just think that if you know, who she is and what she was creating and trying to bring to the country and to that legacy and to that moment. And also just like what astrologically kind of was going on in the country at that time Mm -hmm. and the hope and the vision and what people thought he could bridge together in terms of race relations and a million other things. I think they were, there was this kind of Camelot ideals and I think that's why the Camelot thing because they were classy and elegant and I think they held that, You know, ideal for a lot of people and then when he was shot and then Bobby his brother was shot I think it was also kind of like the end of this Camelot moment and I think the fact that the lyrics of the song is and this is what they use in the essay Uh and the book was don't let it be forgot that once there was a spot for one brief shining moment there was Camelot and I feel like there's something very predictive and almost like I don't know just like big about that
0: when i think about knights and camelot and arthur and and that it's it was a moment in which people were trying to define and find what was honorable yeah and and living to one's honor in such a degree that it had nothing to do with the results it was like one's word was above all else if you went back on an oath you were not a person and it was this separation between like animalistic nature and what was what was what made humans human you know like when i just think about the evolution of knights um and i got there's I studied like the Green Knight, you know, like myth and and um, college and such, and and this idea of staying true to your word, even if it means walking to your own death, mm-hmm. is basically what it what that is. And when I think about JFK, I don't read all the books you read, but I know that there was probably other forces that were. Hoping he would compromise. Absolutely. And and if you're unyield, he in a way, he may have been and semi-conscious. You say those forces he was potentially won a little bit that battle.
1: Yeah. But I also think, and I'm not, it's an archetype, right? Because I'm definitely not saying Jack wasn't a flawed person. Because, and also if you look at his dad, there's like a history of kind of like, you know, darkness and a lot of whatever energy there. But I do think there's an archetype also that's kind of being summoned through his life. That he like lived up to, and and kind of was part of his soul destiny and the soul orchestration of who he was supposed to be as an individual and as a symbol for mm-hmm. others. And same with Jackie, it's almost like. There couldn't be anyone else. When you get into the particularities of like what she pulled off in that role and how what mm. she needed him and he mm. needed her in a certain way to become the thing that they mm. were for that moment. And I feel like he really did need her to yeah. be as big as he was. And she brought that kind of like, you could say, the divine feminine into how... I mean, she was so loved. It was, yeah. it, it was wild how she, well, there was a part of her that was really um real
0: yeah and i think it's interesting thinking of examples of people that were following their soul orchestration led to their death Mm -hmm. because then it's really not based off external um like reward because you're not here anymore like if you think about martin luther king and him dying and then the ripple effect of Mm -hmm. his death and how it changed our world or of gandhi or of jfk of these people that were following to a true their true ideal yeah but then after their death they being their ideal even being more emphasized there's something you know I, mean? I feel
1: like i'm more interested in her than him because a lot of people talk about in the book like oh, i saw her when she was 60 well, whatever it's much
0: harder to be the survivor in many ways well you know?
1: walking in she had this complete like people are talking about they were at like this huge, the Waldorf Astoria and there's like Michael Jackson, there's all these other celebrities. Jackie walks in, the whole room goes silent every stairs. Jackie Mm -hmm. in her 60s. She still had that power of, she was an icon. Like it was beyond fame. It was beyond money. All these other people have fame and money, but it's like Jackie
0: well this thing that really struck with me was those eerie accurate questions that she asked i mean that's that's insane about the first lady about what if somebody prominent figure died like it's just crazy crazy accurate and it reminds me of when i was a kid and i found a tarot deck and i was pretending to be a psychic as a joke oh yeah and so i wasn't I wasn't like, mm-hmm. I'm really interested in this because I think it's real. I was like, this is funny. Mm-hmm. And I remember like my siblings growing up, we made this like stupid video and then they're like, what, what do you want to be? And I'm like, I'm going to be the psychic care, cookie character. You know, like just doing weird stuff when mm-hmm. I'm like an age that it doesn't make sense. And I remember in elementary school, Doing as jokes for friends, psychic sessions in which I would predict their futures, and I would say things like, You're going to marry a circus trapeze artist that only has three toes, mm-hmm. or like just the most random things. And then in middle school, doing tarot readings for people. And so there's these just these little sort of hints along the way. And I really didn't believe any of it was real until I met you. Your music is very
1: predictive. We've definitely had moments where we're like reading back lyrics like years later. And you're like, oh my God, this like happened. Like prophecy through that artistic impulse.
0: Yeah, so I would say just like (laughs) trust the genius of you. And the genius of you is not something you plan on. It's something that just comes forth from you.
1: And it is about a listening. And you have to be somewhat quiet to access that listening. Because yeah. it's not loud and egoic.
0: Okay, Lily is shaking Lily is on agreeing.
1: our mic. Um, yeah, I found when we were moving, going through boxes, an old career book that I read written in the back of when I was 18. When I was really like, my um, quote in my high school year yearbook was like very like the seeking mystic where it was like, Oh, don't you worry, you'll find yourself, follow your heart and nothing else, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> and I didn't know at the time, how it come together, but it was through just, yeah, following those natural instincts and interests that yeah. it, it did. The jigsaw puzzle came together.
0: So here's your homework audience list five things that are weird that you're interested in that make no sense. Like in our previous podcast, we talked about Mr. Bodington, this random imaginary friend that this person had. So just try to think of those things and then bring it to soul journaling. Why might I be interested in this? What might it be inspiring me into and pushing me towards?
1: I love that. So we hope you enjoyed these these two series, the two in the series. And More I'd love to, come. to hear. And um, you can comment on Instagram or DM or send us an email about anything. We
0: love feedback. I mean, it's so cool. I'd what love to good? hear about yeah.
1: your own soul orchestration yeah. and what you've noticed in terms of zooming out and seeing your life as a myth and how things have come together for you and how you knew when and how to follow. Yep.